You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories like a lady in the sheets and a freak in the bed to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. We were raised by rentals. Mike, when you were in school, was there a stinky kid at your school? Oh, there absolutely was the stinky kid. (laughs) I, oh, man. That that kid, he had that sickly sour smell that just kind of brought a tear to your eye. Like, oh, yeah, that's a good way to explain it, right? That sickly sour smell <laughs> where it's like other people would have B.O., but this would be like beyond B.O., <laughs> right? <laughs> that boy don't just got B.O., he got beyond. Beyond B.O. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think every school probably had that. I don't think I ever heard it phrased in that way until probably the movie Big Daddy, the Adam Sandler movie, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about Frankenstein, <laughs> his adopted son, <laughs> yep. where he's like, he's like, oh, no, he's a stinky kid in class. And <laughs> as if it's this, like, mark of him being, like, a total, like, pariah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> don't be the stinky kid. Well, it's true, though. Like, I don't want to name names about the stinky kid that was in my class. But, like. I know every every class did this. Like it was your birthday, you bring in a treat to share with the rest of the class, you know, cupcakes, cookies, whatever. This kid brought in like bags of popcorn and no one wanted to eat it. Like we were oh, all scared no. to eat it because it was like you know, it was like individ like you could tell it was a big thing of popcorn. They they put into like individual sandwich baggies and there was like this musky smell and it's oh. like I don't want to eat it. Uh, he probably like popped it a couple of days ago, you know. <laughs> but I remember like the teacher yelling at us all to eat it, and like several of us stood our ground, myself included. Like, oh, I'm not gonna eat it. And then this one girl, and again, not gonna name names, but she started eating it and crying. Oh no! Was it like was it like the cheese touch where like nobody would talk to her for days after that? Right. <laughs> like, ew, she ate it. <laughs> Oh, my God, oh, this man. was back in, like, fourth grade, so it still sticks in my brain. Yeah, we always had a stinky kid like that, and I don't recall a lot of, like, specific examples. There was one kid where I was kind of friends with him. I think it was in the fourth grade, too. He wasn't in my little class. In my school, we had, like, two classrooms that were in, like, a pod, and that was kind of, like, common. Like, the fourth grade would have, like, a couple of two-class pods and the fifth grade with two And Mm -hmm. there was this one kid, he lived near my house, like a couple of blocks away in downtown Niagara Falls. And so we would sometimes bump into each other on the way we were walking home if I didn't have my normal crew. And I was like, I was trying to be nice to him. I think maybe I felt bad for him, but eventually it was just like, man, this kid's like dirty. Like it sucks Mm -hmm. that his, that his parents are probably, you know, struggling, but like, I can't be seen with this kid, you know? <laughs> like, right. And I, I think even now I feel bad, like, oh, but it would have been like social suicide and as like a fourth or a fifth grader, you know? Um, but when I was in high school, there were two kids that were like the gross kids in my class. And I don't want to name names either. It's funny because 
I almost was like, oh, his name sounds like this because my stinky kid, his name sounds a lot like an actor who was popular at the time. And I was like, oh, he sounds and I'm like, no, I don't even want to say that, because if somebody listening to this knows people I went to high school with, they would immediately understand who I was talking about, you know? (laughs) Exactly. It was like the same name as an actor, which just said one vowel sound was different. But anyway, so this kid was the stinky kid, the one who had that sickly smell. And Mm. he was... You know, he was your typical sort of dirty 90s kid who had like the same like flannel on for weeks. He'd wear the same, you know, shirt to school several days in a row and it would just get like sweatier and had like holes in it. And again, I'm sure that his parents were struggling and it wasn't his fault. And there were other kids, you know, who we could tell their parents weren't well off. Hell, my parents weren't super well off either. But what made this kid different is that he was such a dick that nobody could feel bad for him because he would like go out of his way to just be a total prick to everybody. (laughs) And it was probably some kind of, you know, like defense mechanism, but it was always like dumb shit or like things that were gross. Like I remember him walking down the hallway and his favorite thing to do is when you're in the crowded hallway in high school and someone says, Oh, excuse me. And he would yell at the top of his lungs. What happened? Did you fart? (laughs) You know? Yep. And it's like every day with this dude, like, come on, like no one wants to be near you anyway, because you stank, bro. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Now I have to ask you and I had a conversation many, 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 many years ago. We were first friends, mm -hmm. uh, first becoming friends. And we were talking about this exact subject, and we discovered that my elementary school stinky kid Mm -hmm. was one of your high school stinky kids. I think this might be the one in common, or the one (laughs) in question. Yeah, I think it is. And I think maybe when we're not recording, I'll tell you the actor's name, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, shit, that is kind of similar. (laughs) Or maybe you've already figured it out. (laughs) I I, I think I'm, I'm I'm on track. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was funny because, yeah, we, we, we lived in the same like city at different times. But, yeah, we never really went to the same schools. I mean, we weren't in the same circles. But, yeah, this this kid, he did go to the same private school right, that you went to for elementary mm-hmm. school. And then he was in my public school later on. And I don't know if you remember him being a dick in oh, elementary yeah. school. <laughs> <laughs> Yelp. Oh, this kid. Let, 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 just give you an example of, of the dickitude of this kid. Um, I remember in fifth grade. We had a substitute teacher who got called out of the room for a moment for a a personal phone call. And she was like, "Okay, everyone just study for a moment. He got up. He walked like after she left the room, he walked over to the arts and crafts area and picked up like a bucket of those safety scissors. And I mean, this was like a bucket of safety scissors and then (laughs) just dumped them out the fucking uh, the fucking window all over the staff cars so they like scratched the shit out of staff cars below and then he just sat down like nothing happened and it was like dude what the fuck like yes so we all got in trouble oh god yeah see i never saw him do anything like that in high school that's a total fucking dick move but other than just like yelling out embarrassing gross things but you know he would like trip people in the hallway it was like bully maneuvers except like he wasn't at 
the top of anybody's pecking order. So why he was bullying people, I have no idea. You know, right. exactly. <laughs> it's like he was desperately trying to climb up the pecking order. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, again, like the kid that I was friends with when I was younger, like maybe I could have felt bad for him. But man, he was just a jerk, you know. Um, right. You're not going to feel bad for people who are dicks. Right. And there was this other kid, just quick story. There was this other kid and he was one of our actual friends. You know, I wouldn't say he was in my actual circle of regular friends, but he was kind of on the peripheral. He had his own friends. He was a totally normal kid who fit in. And one day, one of our other friends went to his house for dinner with his family. And the next day, we were sitting in social studies and we had these like round tables, like these little groups and not the kid in question, but the friend, he like leans over all like conspiratorially and is like, Oh my God, you guys would never guess what happened at his house last night. You know? And I'm going to call him Joe, which is not his name just because it'll be less confusing. Right. He's like, Oh, mm. you'll never believe what happened at Joe's house last night. And he tells us they went for dinner and it was like, no big deal. They were hanging out. They were playing some video games and then it's time for dinner. They eat. The food is perfectly fine. His family is nice. We knew his younger siblings, you know, kind of they're in the same school system. And then he says, oh, my God, I was I'm going to fucking throw up. I can't even, like, tell you the story. He said what happened was when dinner was over and they were, like, clearing the plates, they put the used dinner plates on the carpet underneath the kitchen table where they had eaten dinner and their dogs came over and were licking the plates, which I guess is like, OK, some people do that. Like, let the dogs mm -hmm. have the leftovers, whatever. But then they picked the plates up. Wiped him with a paper towel and put him in the cabinet. Ah, oh, God, no. Exactly. No. And, and my my friend who's at the table whispering to us, he was like, I asked him, Joe, like, what's up with the plates? That's fucking gross. Like, we just ate off of those. And he was, he said, oh, it just like saves on soap because dogs' mouths are cleaner than ours. Ah. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Oh, God, why? <laughs> It's so oh, awful. I know. I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. No one can ever be friends with Joe ever again after oh. this. <laughs> oh, and see, and this is why there's that there's a TikTok song uh, that you can't eat at everybody's house. That's yes. why. That's why this exists. That is. And it's funny you mentioned that, too, because every time I hear that song, that's what I think of, man. This song, this story <laughs> has been stuck in my head, you know, for 20 something years since I was in high school. And I was like, I can't believe that that wasn't oh. like a like a prank. But it, it absolutely was not. <laughs> oh, that's so funky, man. Oh, God. It's, oh, I still get the <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I like I did the whole like full body shudder when you said I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh God! Anyway, oh, so <laughs> gross. So, uh, I was I was about to say I don't want to turn this into a whole podcast episode where all we do is tell stories about like the stinky kid from school. <laughs> right. But there's actually a reason for this because this is sort of the lead-in to what I want to talk about today in terms of let's improv a story. Now this is a follow-up to our last episode, which was the late night double feature picture show. And we decided to do a two-parter where we would bring an original idea that was, you know, kind of based on something else. Not like, hey, let's do a movie sequel or remake or something, but it's like sort of a vague idea of like, or there's a song and I want to turn it into a movie, which is what we did last time with the Venga Bus of Death. <laughs> exactly. 
And so I wanted to do the same thing where, yes, I had this original idea that was inspired by something and it's inspired by hot garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because when you first talked about that, like when we found out that we had the the same thinky kid, you you said that boy smelled exactly like hot garbage and I damn near pissed my pants. Um, and see, it's funny. I even tried to Google this today because I do remember telling you that, but I'm not ashamed to admit that I stole that joke from my friend Ben, who was a good friend of mine in high school and growing up, who's probably my best friend. And he used to always make fun of the stinky kid, our mutual stinky kid. <laughs> and he was the one who I thought had coined the term hot garbage because I distinctly remember a day almost graduation day at the end of our senior year when this particular stinky kid walked down the hall and my friend Ben like caught a whiff of him and was he was at the point where he didn't give a shit about high school anymore because like we're almost done and he was just like whoo that kid smells like hot garbage like just (laughs) loud and dramatic you know hot garbage and I fucking lost it because I thought that was the most apropos (laughs) insult that you could ever say to somebody like that is it's like I can taste and feel how that smells. Like that right. is the most descriptive thing I've ever heard. You know, <laughs> it's the kind of smell that gets in your taste buds, and you're yeah. like, no. It's like certain words that they go beyond the sound of the word. Like if somebody says moist, and it's like you can <laughs> right. you can feel it, you can kind of yep. smell it. You know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so I that that was stuck in my head forever hot garbage and then yeah I used that joke with you and then years later I start hearing more and more people use it and I'm like wait a second did Ben like coin this did I spread it like where did this come from and now it's like a pop culture thing and I even tried to google it today trying to figure out well what is the origin of the term maybe Ben heard it somewhere maybe it was in some movie or something and mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything on the internet in fact the best thing I could find was references to the phrase hot garbage in movies as far back as like 2006 and i'm like well shit i'm talking about 1998 so like ben was way ahead of the curve you know and yeah and and you used that joke with me in like 2001 yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was way before Uh, those movies it's so weird and so yeah so i had this idea where i was like okay i want to base a movie idea on something kind of weird and random like the fucking Venga bus song i was like shit i gotta like bring something to the table to compete with that you know <laughs> the Venga bus of death oh man because the improv turned out amazing i was so excited oh, i was so happy so, oh god it was so much fun but even before we made up the story just the very concept you were like oh i want to do the story and i was kicking myself like damn it like how do i compete with that i gotta come up with some <laughs> some fucking gold you know <laughs> right <laughs> and so i was thinking about what should i what should i do i was thinking about you know, maybe something in the zeitgeist, you know, some some kind of a trend or a meme or something. And then it struck me. I knew exactly what to do because it's kind of a meme, something that my kid Tegan is, is into. I literally have like a vinyl sculpture of in my house. But then also inspired by Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash, the other podcast that you're uh, a part of, hosted mm-hmm. by Michael May. You occasionally, or I should say Mike occasionally hosts special episodes called Dumpster Fire Theater. And so so this one goes out to Mike and you and Josh, the crew at Count Creeperhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Fuck, we'll throw in Don, too. Why not? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so I'm like, we're going to do a movie that is based on dumpster fire theater 
as a concept? Like, what would you see if that was taken literally? If you were literally going to a movie theater to see a dumpster fire, what would you be seeing on the movie screen? (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Exactly. So I want to tell a story about a movie called Hot Garbage, where there's a dumpster fire, but yet it's also a horror movie. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So here's my pitch. My pitch is this. A lonely garbage collector falls under the sway of an eerie dumpster hungry for blood. (laughs) (laughs) On that pitch alone, I'd watch it. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. Okay. 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 So I have no actual plot. So we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> I, I am grabbing a sheet of paper so I can keep names and stuff in order because I literally have no notes because <laughs> all I knew is you told me that it was going to be based uh, on a burning dumpster. Like, I didn't really know much going in. So I'm excited <laughs> for this. So, OK, so nice. let, let's we got to name the garbage man. OK, so I have a couple of things I thought of today while I was preparing for the episode, try not to think too much about it, but just like mm-hmm. shit, like let me look up a couple of facts just to have some th- stuff at my fingertips because I was thinking like fucking dumpster fire, like what's that? And I thought, okay, I don't know why, but a dirty, like big city, kind of a seedy place is what I was picturing, you know, kind of dirty rundown neighborhoods where there's like overflowing dumpsters, just a sort of like general vibe of like, I want to do like a dirty old school style horror movie, like an eighties low budget style. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why maniac cop sprang to mind, but I immediately thought of the aesthetic of a movie like maniac cop where they had a little bit of money and a little bit of a cast but it was like sort of a weird slasher that they were kind of making up as they went along and mm-hmm. it turned into way more than it ever should have been. But See, I, I just like the look and feel of it. When you, when you mentioned that I automatically pictured uh, Frank Henenlotter's New York from like basket case and Frankenhooker and mm-hmm. brain damage like that, that seedy grimy, like there's a hooker around every corner. There's just, yes garbage on the sidewalk like that type of new york um perfect yeah no i'm 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 totally on board for that i i can i can picture the the setting perfectly i i I got i got i got a concept idea but uh but yeah let's 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 (laughs) figure out our characters yeah so i only mentioned the maniac cop thing again i was sort of looking for a tone to get started not necessarily like a plot but like what is the movie going to look and feel like and that'll give us an idea about where we're going to go so i thought of maniac cop and then i thought of uh the the actor who plays maniac cop his name is robert zadar you've seen this guy right he has this this, like big chin or jawline yeah he has uh cherubism uh, cherubism however you say that yeah where (laughs) where his uh his jawline continues to grow he basically looks like a real life quagmire yeah, yeah, like there you go. He, he's got I mean, unfortunately, he has he has since passed away. But uh, but yeah, no, he was he was in a lot of like low budget action movies, uh, mm-hmm. like the direct to video action movies in a ton of like low budget horror movies like he pops up all over the damn place. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I think that's the perfect 
again, tone to go for. It's like, he's just that guy that you see in a bunch of horror movies where he's like always a random like thug or an unnamed villain or something. Um, mm-hmm. But so his real or full last name is Zdarsky. And I don't know why I was just randomly going down a Wikipedia hole looking for ideas today again for tone. And I just love the name Zadarsky. I don't know why it popped out as me as something really interesting, but I think Zadarsky is a good name. It's kind of a working class Polish yeah. maybe name. I'm not sure what the origin is. Yeah, I dig it. All right, cool. So we'll go with that. We'll go with a guy, uh, a garbage collector down on his luck. Maybe he's been divorced twice or something, you know, mm. uh, living in some uh, seedy rundown apartment where he can never sleep because there's sirens and, and hookers and shit always making too much noise. Yeah. So like, we'll have to kind of come up with the setup here, but I'm thinking that, you know, he's this guy who is just fed up with his miserable life. You know, he lives in like a fucking rat's nest. He's got no upward mobility. Like there's nothing, no future for him at his job. His, you know, wife or his girlfriend left him. Maybe some shit happens. Maybe he gets robbed. Maybe someone steals his car. You know, it's just like this dude is just as down on his luck as you can get. Um. So should we, are we going to go Zdarsky with it as his last name or? Yeah, I, I honestly didn't even think about a first name. <laughs> I don't know what would his first name be. I need like a working, good working class name like uh, like like Matt or Gus or. Oh yeah, there you uh, go, Gus. I like Gus. That's a good Gus, name. Gus Zadarsky. Gus Zadarsky. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, you know, he's you know garbage man. You know, and and, and like you said, he's he's in a a shitty spot. So like, so yeah, maybe he doesn't have like any living family, or maybe the the family he has is like estranged or something like that. They're not close. Uh, but, you know, he's he's one of those people that you see all the time, but has nobody like a very lonely individual. Am I am I reading yeah. the, the yeah. idea correctly? Yeah, exactly. And I want to do some kind of a setup at the beginning where we demonstrate to the audience how down on his luck this guy is. You know, He's going to have this, you know, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, you know, and okay. uh, where maybe we get to see all of this at once. But also. I'm thinking just off the fly, I'm thinking, let's put some people on screen that could be potential like victims or fodder later mm-hmm. on in the movie, like an ex-girlfriend or a coworker, maybe his boss. Right. So we can have some scenes thrown in here where, you know, we see Gus, he wakes up in his like shitty apartment. Maybe the, the movie opens with like, you know, sirens honking and he sits up in his flytrap uh, bedroom in you know in like a sweaty wife beater he's like looking around startled by the sirens and then he hears you know people you know banging or maybe he's living in one of these like cheap hotels there's people banging on the walls like there's you know like a hooker by the hour next door you know right. and it's like it's hot it's sweaty you know maybe there's a fan in the window and he like bangs on it like it's not working and it like falls out the window like fuck you know (laughs) (laughs) this is how his day starts you know and it's like it's just gonna get worse from here well i was gonna say like we could do that like have the the sirens and everything going off and have that that be what wakes him up and have him look around and like see like his 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 digital alarm clock isn't working his fan isn't working the lights aren't working and be like oh crap like the like the power grid went down or something like maybe that's what the the uh, the noise was. So he looks at his watch and, you know, it's like he's got to be to work like across town in like a half hour. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, you know, there's that like panic, like he's trying to get ready, you know, throwing his clothes on. He's all sweaty, like you said, because it's like his fan stopped working in the middle of the night, doesn't have time for a shower. So he's already stanking and gross. Yeah. And just like 
puts his clothes on, grabs his lunch pail and runs out the door. And then maybe in the hallway, he gets like accosted by a prostitute who's pissed off that the John in the next room didn't pay her. And she's yelling at him. And you know, he's still, like trying to make his way through this like crowd, this throng of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe on the way out the front door, there's a guy at the desk who's yelling at him like, hey, Zadarsky, like you didn't pay for last night. You owe me 60 bucks. Where are you going? You know, and it's like, yeah, like a nasty fucking front desk. Like, like, again, the wife picture, like the fat Italian dude with like the the thinning hairline and the big, thick mustache. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, he's got the under titty sweat on the, the yeah. wife beater. <laughs> exactly. Right. And he's like fanning himself with like a crumpled up like magazine or something, you know, and yeah. uh, it's just like fly fly paper strips hanging from the ceiling and his little office and of course by him yelling out Zadarsky it's like okay now we got the guy's name we immediately yep. ca- kind of understand that this is like one of these like flop house motels you know Zadarsky just kind of like maybe he taps his watch and he's like I'll get you when I get back like I was supposed to be at work 10 minutes ago or like I'm gonna miss the bus or something you know and yeah. uh, again kind of like communicate some of that information to the audience and he runs out and I want to just see more of this, you know, like he gets on, maybe he goes to get on the bus and he fucking misses it. The guy drives off, you know, he, he goes to get on the subway and he buys his token. He puts it in the fucking turnstile won't work. Cause it's like jammed, you know, yep. <laughs> it's like, maybe he jumps over it, but then like, you know, like the, the Metro cop sees him. So he takes off running and he's all sweaty. And maybe he like, you know, fucking loses a shoe while he's running from the Metro cop to get on the subway. <laughs> you know, it's like this dude can't fucking win. And, <laughs> and uh, maybe he gets to work. And yeah, of course he gets to work and his boss is yelling at him. Like, you know, you know, you were supposed to be out on fucking truck number five with, uh, with Wells, you know, like fucking 10 minutes ago, like move your ass, move your ass. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to tell his boss like, Oh, come on, man. I lost a shoe, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, cry me a fucking rivers of Darsky. Like, let's go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then maybe maybe we we kind of jump to like he's on the back of a garbage truck he's going through the city he's maybe he's one of those guys who like hangs off the back there's like him yeah. and like s- some other guy this guy uh, Wells you know and or maybe Wells is the driver and I'm, there's gonna be some other like you know guy on the back hanging off with him somebody who's like kind of gross like him you know I don't know why yeah I was gonna say let's have somebody that's that's kind of a friend yeah yeah like kind of in the same boat as he is, you know, but maybe he's, maybe this other guy is like way more optimistic about like, ah, fucking, you know, Hey, it's life. What are you going to do, man? You know? Uh, Right. (laughs) Let's, let's have him be like, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm picturing, you know, your standard, like, you know, Latino kind of, uh, middle-aged guy, just like, yo, man, it's, it's a job. Yeah, it's gross, but we got to do it right. This for our family, you know, kind of like, you know, upbeat kind of good natured individual who doesn't care about getting his hands dirty. He's getting a paycheck and he's proud about it. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Okay, so you, you mentioned this guy's Latino. Let's let's call him Chewy. He looks kind of like John Turturro, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, so maybe they're they're hanging on the back, and Chewy's like, "Hey, Zadarsky, man, what's going on? What's up with you? What's up with the shoe?" You know? And yeah. he's like, "Oh, you know, fuck, you don't ask." And but you you look down, and he's got like a plastic bag wrapped around his foot, where like his <laughs> boot, his boot is missing or something, you know? Right. And it's like, imagine going to work picking up fucking garbage cans and like. New York City with a plastic, uh, plastic bag on your foot. Oh God! <laughs> like, well, and we should even show have a scene like when they're pick, pick, picking up garbage, like have him have him see like these old like ratty ass work boots, mm-hmm. and have him pick it up and like size it to his foot and then like put it on like like straight out mm-hmm. of the garbage. Like, oh no, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's like you kind of get a feel for what this kind this guy is like. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's big. That's perfect. And uh, okay, so something else has to go. Like one more thing kind of goes wrong. I want to communicate to the audience that even though he finally got to work and he's got his little buddy on the back of the truck, like shit is not good for him no matter what, you know. So yeah, maybe they make. Go ahead. Um, I was gonna say I got it. I got something really bad. Go for it. So like, so he goes to pick up like a, a like a, a you know a bag of garbage off the top of a dumpster and like pulls his hand back like what the fuck and looks down and there's a fucking syringe in the bag. Oh god. And so now it's like he's got to go to the ER. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so we we end his day with him just like kind of sitting in the urgent care waiting room and like people like clipping their nose around him like oh god this guy stinks. You know like so he's just had like a shit day. Oh yeah. Oh, and maybe after he gets the needle stuck in his hand, maybe he like pulls it out, but then Chewie can be like, Oh no, nah, man, I ain't fucking with that. You're gonna get some AIDS or some shit. Like, not on my truck. He's like, No way, man. And he like he's like, Oh dude, fucking who cares? Like it's just a little prick, you know, whatever. And then maybe, you know, Chewie's like kind of his friend, but at the same time he's like, you know, looking out for himself. Maybe Chewie yells up to Wells, the driver, and he's like, Yo, Wells, pull it over, man. This guy's gotta get off, he's gotta go back to the boss, you know, and and of course, Darcy's like, oh, what the fuck? And Wells mm-hmm. Wells gets out and is like, nah, man, not on my truck. Psh, off, go, you know, back yep. to the office. And he's like, oh, man, they're going to dock my pay. I'm going to miss half the day. Some bullshit, you know, of course, any other good job and it would be no big deal. But, you know, he's afraid of like he's going to lose the pay for the day. Yeah. So then we cut. Yeah, we cut to later and he's coming out of the emergency room after, you know, it's now it's, you know nighttime right so we met he lost the whole day and maybe he like looks down he's got a bill for like four grand you know yeah oh god (laughs) yes (laughs) like like he's got a clean bill of health but here's this giant expense yeah exactly jesus man like what else can go wrong right Right. (laughs) so okay so we have this whole this whole terrible horrible no good very bad day intro now we got to get to the point so while he's maybe he's walking home, he's shuffling home with his like mismatched boots on, you know, his bandage on his hand, his expensive ass bill, <laughs> you know, dangling out of his his fingers. You know, maybe he like lights a cigarette and it's just like this dude is just so beat on. You know, he's shuffling home. And of course, he, maybe we're not like communicating this, but like he's he can't. He can't afford the the subway or the bus or whatever. So he's just going to yeah. take the walk back home. And uh, so as he's walking, you know, he walks by this alleyway. He hears something. Maybe he just glances up and it's like uh, some pimp is, you know, beating up on a girl or something. He doesn't think twice because it's just the city. And right. he walks. You don't see it anymore. And then he just he hears Somebody just be like, what the fuck? Ah! And like this little mini scream that gets cut off and he like stops. He kind of like leans back and like looks down the alleyway again. And mm-hmm. those people are gone. The pimp and the lady are gone. But there's this dumpster sitting in the middle of the alleyway. And he just looks at it for like a second. And just for a split second, we see it kind of glow from under the lid. Like just a just a minute. Like, is it a trick of the eye? Did he really see it? <laughs> I I got it. Okay, I like where you're going with this, and I and I, I this this like the light bulbs, man. They fucking started snapping. Okay, <laughs> so ooh, I'm 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 digging this. So yeah, so exactly what you said, but I, I want to add something before he gets to that. We see okay. him walking home, and like you know, it's just gritty, grimy New York. And as he's walking, like you know, the, you see those old like metal garbage cans, like old school '80s metal garbage cans. Like he's lifting lids and kind of like shuffling through the top contents and then closing it back up. And then maybe he like, he opens one and he finds like half a pack of cigarettes 
and he takes it and puts it in his pocket. So we see that he ain't above like digging through the trash to get some stuff. If he thinks he can get it, he's fucking broke. Mm -hmm. So we see the scene where, just like you said, like he looks down the alley, sees the pimp, like slapping, you know, slapping the, the hooker and then like yelling at her. And he, and he just, maybe he like winces, but like puts his head down and walks away. And then you hear the yelp, like you said, he runs back and you see the soft glow onto the dumpster lid and he runs over and he pulls the lid back. Like, what the fuck? And maybe there's just like a bo- a brand new bottle of booze like sitting there. He's like, OK, oh, shit. All right. And he's like, it's a good night for me. You know, right. he takes the bottle and he walks home. He you know pops it open, takes a swig, goes to his apartment, doesn't think anything of it. So we get another montage day, like the next day, another mm-hmm. montage you know, maybe he doesn't wake up late this time, but like he goes to use like the community bathroom on the floor that he lives on. And like there's a line going out the door and he's just like, fuck, there's no time. Like runs yep. out back and is like pissing in the alley and gets in trouble with a cop or something. You know, just like <laughs> nice. we see yeah. like a series of events. He gets to work. He gets chewed out for, you know, what happened the previous day. We see him on the back of the truck with Chewie, you know, collecting little garbage here and there, like maybe a pen, you know, random shit that he finds. And then we yeah. see him again walking home. And as he's walking home, you know, he passes by the same alley and like maybe, you know, he just goes just goes to check on the dumpster. Like, let me just see. You know, and he looks and there's nothing in there. And as he's walking away, he sees like the glimmer of a shine, like on like maybe a puddle in the alley when he turns around and he Mm -hmm. sees that the dumpster lid is glowing again. And he goes over and he opens it. And maybe this time there's, you know, a pair of new boots that no one's ever used. Just kind of sitting there. It's like, oh, shit. Like. What the hell? So now he's going to be checking this dumpster a lot. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sure you kind of see where I'm going with yeah. this. Oh, for sure. It's like it's it, it, he's getting like gifts from it or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of warming up to it. <laughs> so because I was thinking like, why? Like, why would he trust a dumpster? <laughs> yeah. No, I think this is good. So I really like this idea where it's like the dumpster or whatever's going on. It's like it's enticing him to come in, like, check it out. Right. But at the same time, I want to kind of establish some rules. And so I want to tweak what you said a little bit, make a little bit of a change. Because while while we're talking about, like, the atmosphere, right, it's sort of like – I think the Joker movie is probably the most recent one that kind of had this, like, Scorsese, dirty New York atmosphere, (laughs) right? But I was was also thinking about, well, what kind of a horror movie is this? Is it – like a ghost or like a demon possession is it like a like maniac cop or it's like a kind of a slasher movie and i was thinking no like this is like the mangler right yeah (laughs) where where there's there's something just completely ridiculous that is bloodthirsty for like no reason you know (laughs) (laughs) but instead of a giant laundry machine it's a fucking dumpster um but what what i want to say is like we heard the yelp of like the pimp and like the hooker and then they were gone but then there was this like gift in the dumpster almost as if the dumpster was like hey man thanks except you know even though Zdarsky didn't really do it Zdarsky doesn't immediately put that together but like the next day maybe like you said he's like digging through the trash he sees this he's like oh there's a pack of cigarettes like we see him going about his day every time we see him he's just kind of like pawing through a trash can like he's not above you know kind of uh, scavenging whatever he can but Maybe we see him find something like living, like maybe he like catches a rat or maybe there's a dead rat, but he finds something and he's just like, oh, fucking gross. Um, And he throws it in this dumpster because he goes to check it's empty. He's like, ah, what the fuck? And he throws in whatever he had found. Maybe it was a dead rat or whatever. And then he goes to walk away and he just hears 
something like a little flash or a little something. He turns around and it's like, yeah, there's that little glow and he opens it up and there's like some boots in there. And then now he's okay, like, yeah, yeah. It's like he fed the thing like, you know, like fucking Audrey too, you know? And right. so he immediately is like, what the hell? And maybe he doesn't hundred percent put it together, but like the audience is going to start putting it together, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. No, I love this. I think this is great. So whatever he throws in there, he throws something that was that either was living or was still alive, you know, in there. Um, so then again, it's the next day. It's the same old bullshit, like the same terrible day. But this time, maybe he didn't get any. He doesn't get any fucking sleep. Or we see him go home after the dumpster, and it's like he's staring at the ceiling. He's just thinking. He's mm-hmm. just thinking. He's like looking at the bottle of booze that's empty now. He's looking at the new booze and he's staring at the ceiling and it's like he can't sleep. So the next day, like it's like this this smash cut to again like sirens and horns and like the sun on his eyes and it's like oh fuck like he just he dozed off at some point, got like an hour and a half of sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and now he's got to get up and now he's in no fucking mood for anybody's bullshit. He goes out in the hallway and maybe the hooker you know who's there and she's bitching again because she's just always in the hallway bitching and maybe this time he's. <laughs> You know, like for no reason. But maybe this time he's just like, shut the fuck up, Shireen, or whatever her name is, you know. And uh, like, and this time she's just like, you know, well, fuck you too, Gus. You know, call me later, honey. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a little fight in you. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> and he goes downstairs and like, you know, uh, fucking boss man Mario is at the front desk. And he's just like, again, with you, you keep coming in late. You're not leaving the money in the drop box. Like you ain't going nowhere. Fork it over, you know. And he, and right. then he, d- he does this, you know, Mario comes behind, out from behind the counter. And maybe this time, you know, Gus. He reaches in his pocket. He's like, yeah, I got something for you. And he pulls out like a handful of like, you know, sl- like a half of a slimy candy bar he found in the trash can. He's like, there you go. Like Mario's like, oh, fuck, get that shit away from me. Ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, until he goes out the door and we see that. So, we, you know, he and he goes, maybe he goes to catch the bus and the bus driver shuts the door. And this time he's just like, nah, fuck you. And he kicks the bus door in and he's like, hell no. Like I'm getting on, like not to break the window, but, you know, he those like those those like folding doors and this time yeah. he just like he's he sticks his boot in there and was like no i'm getting on the bus you know it's like yep he's like he's pissed off because he's tired and he's sick of taking everyone's bullshit he gets to work and his boss starts yelling at him about something bullshit and he gets in his boss's face like look man i ain't late i'm doing the job you know fucking back off you know and yep. uh, so it's like now he's standing up for himself so we cut forward. He's on the route. Gus or Chewie's like, hey, man, like, you OK? And of course, he's going to explain like, oh, I slept like shit. I'm just so fucking sick of this nonsense. We, I, there's got to be something better out there. And, you know, you know Chewie's like, hey, man, we just roll with the punches, whatever. And so maybe this time it's like they take they take a turn and Gus is like, yo, where are we going? Like, this isn't the normal route. Like, what's where's Wells driving to? And Chewie's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't hear, man. We picked up some, you know, some private contract at some, you know, building over here. We're going to make a quick swing around the block. No big deal. But they end up going into this, like, behind this building where there's the alleyway. And, like, there's the dumpster, right? The, you know, the dumpster. And he sees it in, like, broad daylight for the first time. It's a perfectly normal-looking dumpster. Oh, it definitely needs to be chained to the wall. Like, that's going to come back later. Okay. <laughs> All right, so it's like chained to this like brick wall in this like dirty, nasty alleyway, you know. And he walks over, you know. Gus walks over and he looks at, it, he lifts it up, and there's nothing inside. And Chewie's like, "Hey, man, what the fuck you doing? Like, get over here." We gotta have some reason for Wells, the driver, to get out of the truck and like cause some shit because it's time for us to have a fucking kill in this movie, um, right? So like, you know, maybe Wells comes out. And or maybe okay, so Chewie and Gus are grabbing some garbage out of the dumpster. Maybe that's what it was. Like, oh, they they 
Chewie says something or Wells jumps out of the cab and he says something like, oh, some fucking real estate hotshot. He bought up all these buildings and, you know, he wants us he wants us to clean out all these alleyways. He threw the boss some extra bucks like, let's go. You know, we got to chop, chop, get back to our normal route. So, of course, that's why Wells jumps out of the truck to come and help. Right. Mm -hmm. Normally he's in the cushy uh, uh, confines of the air conditioned uh, cab of the truck. So they start they're grabbing garbage bags, they're grabbing cans. And maybe there's like a fire escape near the dumpster and there's like a bunch of plastic bags and shit blown in the wind that are caught on the like rusty uh, fire escape. So Wells goes to pull the ladder down. He starts climbing up. He's going to grab these bags. He grabs one. He grabs two. And this is when Gus, like he doesn't think anyone's looking. So he opens up the dumpster. He looks inside real hopeful, like, oh, what's in here? And this is exactly when when this rusty fire escape gives way. Wells falls. His ass falls inside the dumpster. The lid slams shut. And then Gus and Chewie go to open it, and they can't get open it. It's like they hear Wells inside banging, like, what the fuck, you assholes, let me out. Fucking this ain't funny. And, like, they can't fucking open the lid, even though it's not locked. There's no, like, guard, you know, bar or anything on it. It's just mm-hmm. like they can't fucking get the goddamn thing open. And then, you know, Chewie goes running like, oh, shit, like, let me go grab, you know, the CB in the cab and, like, I'll call the, you know, the owner of the cops or whatever. So we get Chewie out of there. He runs away. And the banging inside of the dumpster stops. Only Gus is there. And he goes to open it again. And this time it does open. Suddenly, whatever resistance was there is gone. He opens it up. And inside, maybe there's, like, a carton of cigarettes. But there's also, there's, like, a little fire in the corner of the dumpster just a little one like there's just something burning in the corner and and gus just takes the smokes and like sticks them in his shirt like it ain't nothing chewy comes running back around like oh fuck you got it open like where the hell did wells go he's like i don't know man he went running like he got something stuck in his hand he went running down this corner to the to the clinic i don't know man he just fucking took off like i can't tell you you know okay something, something like this i mean i'm just making this up so if you hear anything you want to correct like throw it out so I like I like all of this, but I think we need to set up one thing beforehand. We need Gus to to realize that it it's eating people. So mm-hmm. instead of the rat the previous night, the boot the okay. boot night, how mm-hmm. about you know he goes he goes back to the dumpster and just opens it up and looks and there's just garbage in there. You know there's nothing. You know nothing 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 big. Mm-hmm. It's just empty black trash bags. He closes it and he turns and he gets mugged. So there's a guy oh, okay. in there with like a switchblade and he's like, you know, you know, give me your money. And he's like, dude, I got nothing. He's like, give me your smokes. Like, you know, it's like and maybe this is the point where Gus is like, he's fucking had it. Like he's had mm-hmm. day after day of horrible shit. And he's like, you know what? Fucking do it, man. Just do it. And the guy's like, wait, wait what? He's like, what are you pussy? And, he, and Gus, maybe Gus pushes the guy. And he's like, fuck you, man. I'll do it. And Gus just fucking cold cocks him and he knocks him into the dumpster. Okay. And then the lid slams shut and like, you know, you hear the guy screaming in there and it you know, when Gus can finally open it again, there's the boots, but the guy is missing. Nice. So okay. Then he's like then now we get the whole scene of him laying there all night like he can't sleep, like what the fuck happened? What mm-hmm. is that? Like why did you know <laughs> where did this person go? Why did it give <laughs> yeah. me boots? Like what's happened <laughs> with this dumpster? So yeah. then yeah, he he has this shitty sleep night. Then he goes through his whole day, just like you said, like you know, he's he's kind of got his balls up. You know, he tells Mario off. He's like, fuck you, the bus driver. I'm getting on. You know, the boss is a dick. He's like, fuck you. You know, and you know, basically then we get in the alleyway, like like you said, and we got, you know, Wells bitching because he's actually doing some work, you know, instead of just driving the truck. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Gus has kind of had it. And so when, when Wells falls in and he opens it up and he sees the, you know, the smokes and no Wells, 
he's like, all right. And he, he covers it up. He's like, he covers for the fucking dumpster. He's like, yep. I got me a magic dumpster friend. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to fucking take it for all it's worth. So yeah, we, we have just like you said, like, you know, he, he explains this whole like, oh yeah, you know, he got a, he got a stick. He went to the fucking clinic, you know, we're going to have to drive the truck back. And, and mm-hmm. Chewie's like, oh, what the fuck, man? He's always doing shit like this, you know? So Chewie doesn't think anything of it because maybe Wells is like that asshole who's always like, hey, man, cover for me. I got to go do something for an hour. Yeah. You know, or, that or, type of guy. Yeah. Like I said before, maybe he's always like in the air conditioning in the truck. So maybe Chewie's like, oh, man, this motherfucker, he never wants to do any actual work. You know, one little prick and he's, you know, fucking out of here or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is no, I like that. That's awesome. So, you know, Chewie's not really suspicious. He's just like, oh, shit, man. Like, I get to drive the truck, man. Fuck you, you know? And, right. <laughs> My uh, turn. Yeah, exactly. And that, and we just see Gus, like, looking out the window as Chewie's driving, and, like, the buildings are going by, and Gus just starts to smile a little bit. For the very first time in the movie, we see him smirk. Like, yep. there, you know, there's light in his life now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's murdering people with a dumpster. Exactly. Okay, so I just had this picture in my head of a scene I want to see later on. Remember, I had said the dumpster is like chained to this wall, but let me establish the geography a little bit. It doesn't really matter like what's going on in the neighborhood or how far away from, from his like, you know, motel it is. But this alleyway, I wanted to open up into a space behind several buildings, like a courtyard where the garbage truck drove in a different alleyway where to access the back of the buildings. And there's like several places back there that have their dumpsters to have their trash cans, like the backs of buildings. Right. So mm-hmm. our capital D dumpster is on one side and it's the worst alleyway out of maybe three or four that come out of this little courtyard. And this alleyway is just completely filled with shit. And that's why of course they were, you know, called out there to clean it. But I don't, I want there to be this open space for something that I pictured that I think will be fun to do later. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So now Gus is going to think, oh shit, like that was really easy. I didn't get rid of Wells on purpose, but like, what if I did, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> so I'm just making this shit up. So, you know, come along with me and help me out here. But I'm thinking the next day he's going to wake up and this time he actually slept. This time he wakes mm. up and he's feeling just fine. He slept like a baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he goes out in the hallway. He sees like Shireen again and she's there. This time she doesn't say shit. She just kind of gives him a smile. Like it's like she's secretly wanting him to like yell at her again. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but he, but he's just smiling. He doesn't even notice her. He just keeps on walking and she gives him a look as he walks past like, well, fuck you too. You know, <laughs> you know, like I thought mm. we had something. And, uh, yeah, so he goes out and there's Mario again, like fucking like, don't you pull that shit again on me, motherfucker. And maybe Gus stops and he's like, yeah, you know what, Mary, you're right. He's like, you're right. You know what? I'm going to call in sick today at work. I think I need to square things away with you. Like, I know where I can get your cash, but you got to come with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, and Mary was like, well, man, fuck you. What do you mean come with you? Like, you bring the cash here. He's like, no, you don't get it, man. Like, you got to come with me. You'll see. Trust me. I tell you what, I'll pay you double. I'll pay you double what I owe you. Come with me. So, you know, Mary was just like, uh, I don't know. And, and maybe he turns and... <sighs> Just, just for the fuck of it, what was that kid from Cabin Fever who was like with the pancakes? What was that kid's Dennis. name? Dennis. Yeah. yeah, so maybe he turns and it's like, watch the place for me, Dennis. I'll be right back. You know. 
and there's just like some long-haired kid. Yeah, he's just like watching TV, like uh huh, whatever, you know. And yeah, so you know, so they're walking down the street, and you know, Mario is like, you know, he's like, he's like this big dude trying to keep up, like, oh, wait up, dude, don't walk so fast, you know. <laughs> exactly. And Gus is like, oh, come on, it's just down here. It's just, it's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. So yeah, they go, they go around the corner. They go into the alleyway, and you know, he's like, Gus, it's just over there. And Mario gets a little bit suspicious, like, what the fuck are you taking me, man? You trying to get get me over here to like, you know, mug me and you know, whatever. And and maybe Gus says something, something kind of cryptic, like, nah, that already happened, you know. And it's like, <laughs> wait, wait. you know, like, wait, wait what? <laughs> yeah. So you know, he he convinces Mario to like walk with him down the hallway. They go to the dumpster. He's like, he's like, trust me, man, I'm a garbage man. Like, I know all all the secrets i know where the good shit is you gotta check inside this dumpster i'm telling you man you don't know what i found in here you know and mario's like in his head like what the fuck but he's curious he can't help himself so of course you know you know but you know dumpster's kind of high like it's kind of hard like you mentioned this dude falling in before and i almost pictured this mugger guy from the night or one or two nights ago falling in almost like wait how did he fall in the dumpster dumpsters are like four feet tall in the front you know how did that how does that even happen Um, right Unless there's like one of those sliding doors on the side, like I guess sometimes dumpsters have those, right? But uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm kind of picturing like you know he puts down a crate or a box or something. You know Mario gets up and looks in like I don't see nothing. This fucking thing is empty. He's like, no nah, man, you gotta go look in the corner over there. I'm telling you, man, people hide shit in here. You know Mario looks again, and of course that's when Gus just grabs his legs and whoop and like flips him in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe that's what happened with the with the the mugger. Like he cold cocks him and then like grabs him and flips him into the dumpster. Yeah. So something like that. Yeah. Either way. And uh, I just I, just, I like the top loading dumpster because it's like it's like a mouth, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, Mario falls in. Gus doesn't touch the lid. That lid slams shut like on its own. And uh, and of course, just like before, you hear Mario. Hey, man, what's going on? Like, let me out of here, man. You fucking little dick. Like fucking with me. And then after a while, it's like, oh, come on, Gus. Come on, man. Let me out of here, man. It's getting hot in here, man. What the fuck? Why is it so hot in here? And he's like, OK, man, forget it. Forget the money, man. Just let me out. Just forget the fucking money, man. You don't owe me shit. Just let me out of here, man. It's fucking hot as hell in here. Ah. And then he's like getting panicked. And it's like, why is it so hot? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he starts screaming. And as he's screaming, you know, this time. Gus doesn't look away. He, it's not happening behind him while he out of his sight. It's like Gus is just going to stand there and watch. And this time you start to see like smoke coming out of the dumpster. Like it's not just eating this meal. It's cooking it first. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually like it dies down. The sound dies down. Gus opens it up to look inside. And this time that he saw that little, that little fire before, but now it's like a bigger, like a smolder all in the bottom of the dumpster. But again, there's like a gift and maybe it's like Mario's gold chains or something, you know? Right. <laughs> and once again, it's like, Oh, I'll, thank you very much. You know, I'll take that. Yeah. So I want to then repeat that. That's why we had to introduce so many people like his hooker neighbor, you know, his mm-hmm. sh- boss, the fucking shitty ass bus driver, like whatever. It's like, now he's like, ho ho, I'm going to, I'm going to take out all these motherfuckers who've made making my, life miserable one by one and you know I, and i've got my own little dumpster fairy <laughs> <laughs> my dumpster fairy. <laughs> oh my, my, dumpster, God. my dumpster godmother <laughs> oh that's fucking good okay so now he knows he knows what happens he knows that he he's correlated the whole feed dumpster heap people I get goodies. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so now maybe we're going to we we should do like another montage of like just like Gus is living his best life. He's he's just happy. You know, he's mm. going to work, you know, he's 
maybe like we we could even see like montage of kills. Like he's going to work, you know, he's coming home, sees some like random wino on the side of the road, looks around, grabs him, drags him in the alleyway, you know, and then yeah. we see him walking out and he's wearing like a new coat. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. So we get a montage of not now he's just straight up murdering people to get yes. goodies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and so. You have a little montage, you know. He, yeah, maybe he, maybe he sees the bus driver just getting off of work, like about to walk home, and then you know he cuts him off, right? It's like, yeah. Fuck you, you're in the dumpster. You know, maybe you know, maybe he he invites uh, Shireen out. Like, hey, let's we'll go on a real date, and he's like, oh, trust me, it's real romantic down here in this alleyway. And then fuck you, you're in the dumpster. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and I love the fact that he's not getting like money. He's getting like boots, some yeah. gold chains, some smokes. Yeah, it's like some gifts. Exactly. He's gonna get a and nice hat, you know. He's like, "Fuck human life." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Smokes are worth that. Exactly, but you know, it's funny because you know we kind of introduced him as like a scavenger. Like he was not above scavenging in the trash for whatever he could find, and now he's found a way to get good shit from the trash. You right. know? And so, <laughs> I want his boss to be the last one. He kind of takes out everybody in his life, and all we have left is like his boss and like Chewy. And so. Yeah. You know, he goes to work. Maybe he walks into work one day and he just strolls in there like a fucking pimp. He's got his new hat on, his new coat on, his new boots on, his gold chains on. You know, he's smoking a cigarette. Maybe he throws a cigarette to one of his coworkers like, fuck it, take the pack, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like he's just living as large as a garbage collector can live. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes into work that day, and his boss is just getting, like, uh, resentful of it. Or he's like, ah, oh, fuck you, Gus. Like, I don't know what's going on with you, but, like, I need to take you down a peg. I got a special assignment for you. And he's some bullshit where he's like, oh, yo, you're not going out on a, on a run today. Oh, no. Oh, you're going to be scraping out truck number six today, you know. And, uh, oh. you know, here, here's your squeegee and your your uh, your face mask or whatever, you know, or, or your clothespin. Here's your squeegee and your clothespin for your nose, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. But this is when Gus just stops and looks at him and then you just see him smirk a little bit. And then the scene cuts to him walking out of the, the alleyway with the dump. Like now it's nighttime. He walks out of the alleyway and he has like the next prize in his hand. Like maybe he walks out. He's got a nice brand new gold watch. And then, you know, the, you, you see behind him like how people like walk away from like an explosion in the movie. But he's walking away. And now we see that dumpster and it's fully engulfed. Like there's this inferno erupting out of the dumpster. It's like it's getting <laughs> more and more and more like hungry. It's getting hotter, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. um, and so now we gotta like have some shit start to go bad for gus like you know shit was bad it got good now we gotta have it go bad for him again something's got to get fucked up um so before we get to that i just want to establish okay so his new status quo the next day will be or maybe maybe i don't know maybe if shireen i don't know if sure she should be dead or not but somebody at his little apartment hotel place you know, he's going to walk up to the desk and be like, hey, where's Mario? And then you see Gus behind the counter. He's like, oh, I'm running the place now, you know, or maybe Dennis mm-hmm. comes into work and it's like, where the fuck's Mario? He's like, nah, man, I'm running the place now. You're fired. And he just takes over like, you know, he's like, well, I thought you were a garbage collector. Nah, not anymore. I quit, you know, and now he has this new job where he's just going to run this like flop motel. But where he sees somebody walk in the front door, or Dennis goes to leave. And we see somebody walk in the front door and whoever it was walks up to him and he's yelling at Gus behind the counter like, you know, like, yo, you know, hotel man, whatever. Like, I, I don't know what he's saying to him, but he's going to scream something rude at him. Gus is just going to smile. Like, now he's got this whole shitty hotel of, like, low-life people that no one's going to miss coming in the door right. every day, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah, so so when he, 
how about when he feeds uh when he feeds Mario to him like he takes the keys off of Mario like maybe he tells me he's like put you know slip the keys out the out the lid and I'll let you out and like and he just he's able to crack the lid a little bit so Mario like gives him the keys to the hotel okay yeah and then like he closes up and he's like ha ah, fuck you Mario and then like you know he gets killed and we get the whole like he gets his chains and all that so now mm-hmm. Let, let's not have him kill uh, Sheree. I, ca- I kind of like the fact uh, of her being alive because I don't know if you have like a why all this is happening type of thing, but I'm starting to formulate a why. Okay. Um, and I don't think we should kill her. Um, okay. But but yeah, so like, like maybe maybe it's someone like there's there's like a drug dealer in his in his uh in his uh, little flop house. Like maybe he knows this guy is like selling drugs. Mm-hmm. And he's like he's like hey man, he's like uh, you know I, I want to buy some. And he's like but but come with me, you know. And he mm-hmm. drags him out to the alleyway. He's like, I don't want to do it here, you know, where people know me. There you go. And he goes goes out to the alleyway and then like, you know, buy some you know, buy some weed off him or something something sim. Um, and then you know he he feeds the the drug dealer to the dumpster and we get the you know it's burning again and then eventually kills his boss like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he takes over. So now like the whole like third act of the movie is like you know Gus is becoming more and more and more of a villain. Like we've watched his villain arc. exactly yeah (laughs) so he's yeah so now he's just murdering people yeah and so where i was going i don't really have an origin necessarily a why of like why is this dumpster like eating people but what i what i was thinking was it becomes this sort of addiction where he has to constantly be not only feeding the dumpster people in much the same way that what's the same seymour had to feed audrey too in little shop of horrors but it becomes escalated where right. maybe he maybe you know he goes out one day there you go maybe he feeds him the drug dealer or whatever and like you know maybe there's like no prize there or the 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 gift that he gets is like what a half a pack of smokes or it's like some random dude's wallet with like 10 bucks in it or you know whatever it's like he's not expecting that to happen like the prize isn't good and he's you know and then he's Maybe he kind of figures out like, OK, OK, I get it. You know, and then, you know, here's this, uh, you know, this homeless guy that he like, you know, lures over there with like a bottle of hooch. and He throws him in like on the same night. And then the fire goes up and he's like, oh, OK, good. There's my prize now. And it's like mm-hmm. he starts to, he starts to realize that uh, he's created a monster because now it's like he's addicted to this lifestyle, but also like this dumpster. <laughs> it's like it's it wants more. And it's not like forcing him to like bring it bodies, but it's like every time he brings it something now, well, fuck that wasn't enough. Now you want two. Now you want three. Like what the hell? Like it's like, right. he's relying on this dumpster now for his like livelihood, you know, fuck maybe he even gives him like a bag of groceries one day, you know? Right. And so it's like, he's relying on it solely, but like it's escalating to the point where at some point Gus is going to be like, okay, like that's it. Like I can't do this anymore. And what what I'm picturing, and I have some some scenes in my head, but please feel free to jump in. But at some point, his rock bottom is like, that's it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm just going to go run the motel. Like, it's fine. My life is good. Thanks, you know, dumpster or whatever. And mm-hmm. now the dumpster is literally going to, like, turn on him. <laughs> See, now, I, I, had, I, I was going in a very similar direction. Because um, what I was thinking uh, is, like, yeah, he has to keep upping the ante. And... Basically, what it's done was the dumpster is eating people who have some kind of like some kind of villainy to them. Like they're they're evil in some way, you know, so like the pimp, you know, Wells was a dick. You know, Mario was a dick. The drug dealer, you know, mm-hmm. the, the boss that's horrible to his employees and loves like watching them fail. 
Like he's just horrible people. Well, it's basically turned Gus into a horrible person and made him more and more evil by giving him, by tempting him. Nice. So he's become more and more evil. So basically he's going to be the most succulent meal of them all. Oh, he's fat. The dumpster is fattening him up. <laughs> exactly. He's fattening him up with evil deeds. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So this is what I'm picturing now is we need to go from this being kind of a funny slasher to like, it's going to get creepy, right? I want to kind of, yeah. that's why I want the tone of this to be kind of dirty and seedy because I want Gus to just cut it off. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, forget it. Like, it was good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And so mm-hmm. he goes back to the motel. Maybe he has another bad day. We see him like, okay, fine. I got this new life, this new job. Everything's going to be okay. And then these guys are coming in and yelling at him. These hookers are coming in and making a mess. Maybe some drunk comes in and like throws up in like, you know, the, the foyer area. And maybe like the power goes out again or the water doesn't work or, you know, whatever. And uh, it's like, fuck, man, I thought this was going to be better. And so he starts walking home one day and he like takes the long way home because he's just curious. He's just going to see like, is the dumpster still there like what's going on so yeah so yeah he looks he he like peeks around the alleyway just to look and there's the dumpster but it's like not up against the wall anymore it's like angled out just a little bit just a little Mm -hmm. bit and the and one of the doors on the top is open and it's like you can see the light inside not a big fire but there's definitely something going on and it's almost as the dump like the dumpster is like looking at him you know right (laughs) and so he just like gets freaked out and walks away same thing maybe the next night maybe you know he's walking around the long way trying to avoid the dumpster this time you know he walks around the corner and the fucking dumpster is there but it's not chained to the wall anymore the chain's broken and it's like now it's out closer to the middle of this like courtyard area and it's like, what okay. the fuck? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and, and so what I want to get to is like the third time this happens, or maybe he decides, okay, this is it once and for all. I need to go back and find out what the fuck's going on. I want him to walk down this alleyway and the dumpster is gone. It's not against the wall. The chain's laying there. He walks to the end of the alleyway where this like little courtyard area is where the, where the garbage truck had pulled in earlier. And he looks around and dead in the middle of this courtyard with like a street light shining is this fucking dumpster door, like doors open on the top like the mouth is gaping open fucking flames inside like oh i've been waiting for you gus (laughs) oh (laughs) that's creepy (laughs) and so and so the whole idea behind this whole fucking joke ass idea for a movie was how do we make a dumpster chase a guy (laughs) (laughs) right I mean, it's a mystical dumpster. I mean, why not, right? Like, exactly. Like we never see it. We never see it move, but somehow it's around every corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of terrifying, right? It's creepy, right? It's like, <laughs> so Gus turns to fucking run. He runs down the alleyway. Like he turns around the corner, and and he, he goes around the corner to maybe there's like a you know restaurant or something right there. And there's normally like a dumpster there. But instead of the dump, the restaurant's dumpster, it's his dumpster, and the, the door opens, and he sees the fire inside. It's like, what the fuck? And he, like, skids to his top, turns around, runs the other way, goes across the street, like, runs through traffic, like, you know, a yellow cab, like, honks at him. He goes into an alleyway on the other side where, you know, he's going to – he goes and he hides behind, like, a bag of trash thinking, like, oh, I'm safe here. I'm safe here. And then you see behind him there's this light of the fire, and he turns, and the fucking dumpster's at the end of the alleyway now. <laughs> And maybe like every time we see it, like the flames shoot up higher. Yeah, you know, it's like like almost like it's roaring. Like you know, yeah. just the fire like shoots up out of it. Yes, <laughs> so he's I love like, it. Oh my god! 
like it's like roaring at him. <laughs> we, we can have him like running through the streets, like yelling, "The, the dumpster's trying to kill me!" Like, and have everyone be like, "Ah, fucking druggy." No one's gonna believe him, of course. Of course. And uh, yeah, yeah, we have to have a scene like where he gets he gets cornered in like a dead end alleyway, and like we see the dumpster just like slowly like screeching along the pavement toward him. <laughs> Like we should have to escalate this like low budget horror movie to ridiculous proportions, but yeah, by having like the literal dumpster shooting up sparks, it's like chasing him down this fucking street, <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking corners him, and it's coming for him now. So okay, I'm you know Gus is gonna have to meet his his demise at the hands of the dumpster, obviously. Um, yeah. So uh, so maybe like yeah, we we have we we have this whole thing happen. Where it's like, you know, Gus ends up, you know, getting engulfed by the by the fire in the dump. Like maybe we, we do one of those things where we see the dumpster coming closer and closer and we zoom in on Gus's face and he's like panicking. We just see the light reflecting off his face. And then like we zoom in on his eye and we see the the fire belching dumpster is <laughs> the reflection of his eye. And, and then like black screen. And then right. we, we cut back and we see the dumpster in its normal place. Like it, it never mm-hmm. left. Um, and, and we could leave the, leave the audience questioning, like, did that actually chase him down or did like the dumpster hypnotize him into climbing in? Like yeah. what happened? Cause now it's, it's chained to the wall again. It's still there. Yep. And now this, if you have an ending, stop me. Um, but the, the joke I kept thinking about like running through my head the entire time mm-hmm. was we never see what store this dumpster is on the opposite side of okay. like what? You know, the whole movie, we've been talking about an alleyway. Like, okay, well, whose dumpster is that? Yeah. So what if we pan around, like, to, to like, the, the other side of the street, like, on the opposite side? We see all these little shops and all that, mm-hmm. and we see, and it's, like, an occult bookstore. Nice. And, and we see, like, you know, they're doing, like, inventory, and they're like, ah, these didn't sell as well as we thought. And they're, like, ripping the covers off like you do to send back to the warehouse to get the mm-hmm. refund. And they're throwing all the, the like fucking occult books into a garbage bag and they just huck it into the dumpster out back. <laughs> yes. I and love it's, that. Like, possessed by a hundred <laughs> demons. <laughs> okay. I fucking love that. Let me, let me back up. I want to back up and insert a scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought it, cause you made a mention like Shireen living and I'm like, you know, I do kind of like her, you know, kind of like the hooker with a heart of gold kind of idea. So yeah, Let's back up all the way back to the very first time we saw Shireen in the hallway outside of Sadarsky's room. He comes out that very first time, and we mentioned that she was, like, complaining, like, bitching about some John. What if what she's saying is she's wearing this, like, sequined dress, you know, skimpy, like, way too dressed up for, you know, like, a common prostitute, but, like, the strap is broken, and she's just like, fuck it, Gus, this goddamn bastard, he broke my favorite dress. And she's like, you know, hey, can I do something for you, baby? I gotta make some money to fix this. And he's like, ah, fuck you. And so when when we see here, she has this dress, and now it's, like, safety pinned back together, and it was, like, this thing that she liked was this, like, red sequined dress. So now cut back to where we were right right after the sequence where somehow this like mystical dumpster chases Zadarsky down <laughs> belching fire we see it reflected in his eyeballs the screen goes black and then we see it just, just back in the alleyway again like nothing happened what if we see Shireen come around the corner like Gus are you over here Gus like I thought I heard your voice what's going on you know and she sees this dumpster and maybe there's just like a little little belching noise, a little puff of smoke, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like she walks over like, what the hell? You know, and she's like, Gus, is that you? Are you in there? And she opens up the lid 
and there's a fucking brand new red sequin dress, just like her favorite one. And she lifts it out and she's like, oh, no. Oh, my. You know, she's so surprised because, of course, it just ate this like amazing big meal. And here mm-hmm. comes Shireen looking for her, opens it up. And it's like, oh, now it's going to give her this gift, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And, like, the cycle continues. Exactly. So she's going to take the dress and then like walk away and kind of look back and look at the dumpster and look at the dress and look at the dumpster. And, like, you know, kind of walk away like she's thinking. And that's when we pan the camera camera back exactly we pan the camera back we see this <laughs> yes. occult bookstore like you said and the owner of the store is like another fucking stack of books no one's ever gonna buy this shit we're shutting the store down you know we're gonna rip the covers off we can return them for whatever we can get back and dump that shit in the back you know it's all hot garbage <laughs> yes it's all hot garbage yes <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect because <laughs> oh, they, oh, the they said anytime the name anytime we can do that yes I love it. There you go. We somehow got through an improv of a movie about a literal dumpster fire slasher killer. (laughs) That I would watch the shit out of. Are you kidding me? Like, Oh, hell yeah. This feels so much like a Frank Henenlotter horror movie, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's just like this wacky fucking concept. You got a hooker with a heart of gold. You have like garbage men and seedy hotel managers. This, oh my God, I want to watch it. it's so much fun it kind of reminds me of like rubber too a little bit just this idea of this totally bizarre thing that's like how is this alive you know (laughs) oh dude again i i did i came into this with no concept other than the title and this was so much fun like i had a blast with this one yeah me too man and actually (laughs) You know, behind the scenes, this is the first time we've recorded an episode in a while where I didn't have like a whiskey or a beer or something just to kind of like loosen up the ideas a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I just didn't happen to grab them before we started and I didn't need it, man, because somehow this one just came out of us. I don't yeah. I don't know where. And I literally started with just the elevator pitch and the idea that I wanted <laughs> it to be kind of an 80s, low budget CD kind of a thing. You know, that's all mm-hmm. I had. I didn't. I, it was just a dumb joke about how do we make a dumpster fire movie? <laughs> how do we make a dumpster chase a guy <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> i think that's my favorite part that we have a dumpster chasing Just... a guy. <laughs> oh man this was so much Ooh. fun okay Ooh, so Ooh, i don't know if i li- i don't know if i lived up to the vango bus of death but this one is definitely a lot of fun i don't know man i want to listen to them both uh, a second time but I-, I think this was on point i really do like <laughs> I, I had fun with it. And yeah, like, you know, I, I know we said it last week uh, or last episode, but, you know, listeners, if, if you dig these types of improvs, let us know, because I, you know, I know I speak for both of us when I say, like, this is some of the most fun is to just come up with an original story and be like, fuck it. Where's it going to go? Like, it's a lot of yeah, fun. For sure. Yeah, these are a ton of fun. And they feel like they're less pressure, even though we specifically gave ourselves bizarre ideas as a challenge and I'm like literally sweating from it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but somehow it's easier because we don't have to keep it within the confines of like an existing continuity or an existing franchise for something like predator or terminator aliens, you know, we can just kind of do whatever we want, but yeah, I really like this. I don't think we have done an improv on the show yet. That was, entirely based on absolutely nothing in pop culture like you know right. yes th- this was based on kind of a meme and kind of on the count creepy head Saturday morning monster mass podcast and yours was based on like a silly song from the 90s but <laughs> yep 
I think the next time that we do one of these, and there's going to be a next time for sure. Oh, absolutely. The next time we do one of these, it should just be just completely original. Don't base it on anything that exists. No pop culture yeah. reference whatsoever. Just a completely original idea of I want to tell this story. Even if it's something that you kind of already had in the back of your head, mm-hmm. like let's just bring it to the podcast and be like, okay, I had this story idea. I never fleshed it out. Let's go. We'll do it together. You know? Yeah. I, I think that we should definitely introduce uh, a segment very much like um, Super Gushers or Rental Rants where, yeah, sometimes we just do an original improv, like uh, mm-hmm. pick a story that one of us either has like a pitch an idea for and then hell maybe in the future we can even do stuff like ask the listeners be like hey give us a random word from the dictionary and and Mm -hmm. let's see if we can make a story about it because um and i know i've mentioned this on the show before and i know you and i have talked about it many times over the years but uh for the listeners who don't know we used to do a writing exercise back when we were working on comics together where we would open up the dictionary and randomly point to a word and try to come up with a short horror story based around that the the one that i got one time was pond and i still have that Mm -hmm. idea for that story in the back (laughs) of my head so it's like you know stuff like that like you just picking a random word i I believe i'm sure you know this better than i do but wasn't that how ray bradbury came up with fahrenheit 451 that's how he came up with a lot of stories where yeah he would just point at the dictionary and pick something just as a writing exercise you know, just to kind of get started. And sometimes it was mm-hmm. just how he got the juices flowing at the beginning of the day. Sometimes it turned into something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think if I remember the story correctly, that Fahrenheit 451 was originally just called the fireman because that's the word that he pointed at one day. Right. And it was something like, what if a fireman wasn't someone who put out fires, but rather started fires? And why mm-hmm. would that be? Um, and I always found that that exercise to be fascinating and very fulfilling, like because you and I got several really solid story ideas uh back when the boogeyman's closet was originally an anthology comic series that we were planning and um you know we we came up with quite a few interesting titles uh i I remember you had the weeping willow uh one that i always Mm -hmm. enjoyed um so yeah i mean this would be a great avenue to tell some of those stories and to create some new ones yeah for sure yeah i'm i I, you're sparking my memory now of like yeah i remember writing comic book scripts for words like the hoof print and mm-hmm. what is it the uh, the stairwell and the pumpkin you know and uh, yep. those are all ones i did put into stories but yeah we, we used to do that all the time it was a lot of fun so yeah i mean we're just kind of coming up with this right now on the fly but i think it's a great idea the next time we have a listener's choice maybe instead of asking for memes and cliches and things like that we'll just say look give us some words and we'll just pick one or maybe several and just weave them together and see what we come up with and it'll just be a fun story exercise oh my like almost like listener mad libs yeah that's exactly that's really good <laughs> we'll have to remember that listener mad libs i gotta write that down that's awesome um but okay mike this has been a good one uh and i got some background noise on my side so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up but man this was a ton of fun i'm really really yeah. excited that dumpster fire theater is now a movie that you and i made up <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and i hope michael may doesn't mind it was just a an inspiration uh and also a tribute to you guys are getting close to 100 episodes so uh that's yeah. gonna be really cool it's, it, it's crazy to me to think uh the amount of podcasts that uh this this group of individuals has created like the, the whole rad pantheon has created in the last three years like there are so many podcasts out there between the boogeyman's closet and 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 this and you know, Count Creepyhead and, you know, so it's come to this, the Simpsons Family Podcast and Heretic Party. And there's just so many 
great podcasts to listen to on on the Red Pantheon Network. And man, there's a ton of them. Like we've yeah. really put out a lot of material in the last three years. Yeah, a lot of episodes too. I think you know most of the podcasts, or I think all the podcasts that have joined up in the Red Pantheon have been pretty consistent too with putting out material. Yeah. It's all been pretty uh, pretty steady every week or every other week. So I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So if you guys are listening and you don't know what we're talking about. Definitely check out redpantheon.com, at redpantheon on all the socials. I'm a little bit behind on updates right now, but I'm hoping to fix that soon now that my personal life over the summer is hopefully coming to a point where I won't be quite so busy. But uh, check us out, again, redpantheon.com or this show at raisedbyrentals.com, at raisedbyrentals on all the socials, of course. And you can find my other project on Instagram at Comics Boost, just spell that with an X, Comics Boost on Instagram, where I spotlight crowdfund campaigns for new comic book projects. What about you, Mike? What do you got going on? Ah, uh, The Boogeyman's Closet, which is our weekly horror movie review. We are currently covering unnecessary sequels. Uh, it's kind of a ridiculous month of picks. Um, we have one movie on that list that I would say is good, and I don't think many other people agreed with me on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's always a fun time. So check out the Boogeyman's Closet on all of the socials as well as Boogeyman's Closet on uh, Podbean uh, or any of where you find your podcasts, Apple, Google, all that. Uh, also, Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash, Creepyhead with a K. It's uh, three grown man children talking about toys and bitching about pop culture. So that's always a blast. It is always a good time. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in once again to the Raised by Rentals program. If you had fun with us, visit us on the socials, drop us a line, leave a comment, leave a podcast rating. Let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes.